0: Hey, BT here. Are you looking for ways to boost sales in your business? If so, you're in luck. For the next five Tuesdays, David will be bringing to the podcast feed a recent training he did, which we're calling the Inner Game of Sales series. Be sure to listen in over these next five weeks to learn the tips and tricks necessary to boosting your income in a short period of time. David knows sales, and he's here to make selling easier, more profitable, and a hell of a lot more fun. Let's go. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. So the moment that you go into this place where you're having this conversation about So here's how we decided to get on this call. If you remember last Wednesday, blah, 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 right? They're like, yes. You're in control. They're already following your direction. They're already following your direction. Now, all right, cool. So listen, tell me this. What do you really want? You see how I changed my tone? for that, it bypasses psychological resistance. You all have a tone that's similar to that. It's authoritative, and yet it gives a person permission and encourages permission to answer. A person who is following you will step right into that question, and they will be glued to what you have to say. Understand they want to be on the call first and foremost, but understand something else that's important. They really want to answer this question. They want to answer the question. They want to tell you what they really want. Probably 99% of the time, when you sit down, when you show compassion, when you show passion, when you show emotion in asking one of these questions to someone, There's also something else taking place that most people never understand. Very few people are having relationships in their life where somebody really cares about what they want. And here you are showing up, actively showing up in this person's life and passionately asking them what they want. And you might think to yourself, yeah, but don't they know that you're trying to make a sale? They know that intellectually, but their internal emotion, desire to have their wants fulfilled in life, overrides that in most cases. It overrides it, so they become fully emotionally engaged in the question. Yeah, every once in a while, you're going to get somebody that's going to be completely have a barrier up. And, they, and they're not gonna play. That's understand this. That's not your client. That's not your ideal client. Don't call me and say, how do I change this with this person? It's not your client. Your client wants to engage. Your ideal client, they want to engage with you. If you have somebody that's being a real pain in the ass, that's not your ideal client. It's not somebody you want to work with. Then you then what you're doing is you're going back from that place where you need to make a sale. Right? I think these conversations can be fun and seriously life-changing for people. As long as you believe in what it is that you're offering to someone, you have to really believe in what you're doing. If you have a value conflict in there somewhere for yourself, you have to get rid of that value conflict. You have to come to terms with that. Because otherwise, you will, set, you will give us a double binding message, period. The other thing is, remember, this person's a human being. Now, they tell you what they want. Now we're going down to, what if you don't buy? If you don't change this, if you don't buy this product or service, what's the consequence? So here's something you should know you should have a really solid idea of what the consequence is if they don't. I mean, after all, you're selling a product or service as a solution to some problem or a betterment to their life in some way. You need to know all the ways that are consequences if a person doesn't buy your product or service. You need to know that. Because here's something that is universally true with most people. We avoid thinking about the consequences of things that we don't want to do. We push it way off psychologically, emotionally into the future. We get into denial about what consequences are. And we do it with all kinds of things. If the consequence is painful and I don't want to change my behavior or I don't want to change what I'm doing or I don't want to stop interacting with that person or I don't want to stop using that substance, I am going to push the consequence way off into the future. And I'm only going to think about, make excuses and be in denial about what I'm doing right now. So when you ask this question, a lot of people will be like, I'm not sure. Well, nothing will happen. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And it's like, well, that's not true. Everything in the universe operates by cause and effect. Not doing something is a cause set in motion. It's going to have an effect. It's going to have an effect. What is the effect? What is the consequence? So you sit with the person. Now, if you understand what the consequence is for that individual, you can guide them a little bit. This is a place where you can make, if you, let's say a person gets stuck. Should you just sit there and not say anything? No. However, I would let them sit there being stuck for a while first. Don't be such a rush to, to run in and save this person or move the conversation along. Remember, they're trying to figure this out. They're trying to answer your questions, but because they don't spend, most people just don't spend time in what do I really want and what's the consequence if I don't get it. They don't spend time thinking about that. It requires some time for them to really think. They're actually really thinking in this moment. I mean, most people go through their life, they're just reacting constantly. They're not really thinking. Brain activity does not constitute thinking not as a constructive thing. When you ask these questions, you're causing them to really think. So we want to just be patient. Be patient. Take a breath for yourself. If it's really going on a long time and they're not getting it, and you need to nudge them a little bit. You can make short, direct, easy statements to help nudge them along a little bit. If somebody says to me, I don't know what the consequence is. My response would be, if you did know, what would it be? Now, why would I say that? Because the brain gets stuck in places that it resists or it hasn't gone before. Except the response is usually very shallow. This is, I'm going to teach you something that's worth its weight in gold. And most people never consider this. If I'm going through my life like this line, okay, as I go through my life, I'm going to have different experiences, right? So I'm going through life like this horizontal line. Straightforward. I'm going to have different experiences. Any experience that I have that I don't want to do, that I want to make an excuse for, as long as it's a generally accepted excuse I only usually have to say it once. Here's one, right? So like think about when somebody says, I don't have the money for that, right? Things are expensive. I don't have the money. That's not in the budget. Generally, when we hear that, we accept it wherever we are. We're like, oh yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Money's tight. Things are rough. I've been there. A person, If a person makes those excuses in life, they don't get challenged on it very much. So what happens is, A circumstance shows up, they make this excuse, it's just this little blip on the screen, and they move forward. Because very few people in our life challenge us and hold us to a better response for ourselves. They accept whatever excuse we give them, and the conversation changes. That means that my excuse is actually very shallow. It has no depth to it. It does not go way down here. In other words, I don't have multiple excuses and reasonings for the same thing. It would be very difficult for a person like that to argue their point of view with their excuse because they haven't had to. Nobody, nobody debates them on it. They've gotten away with it their whole life. But if you understand that, you understand that they generally only have one or two. And once they're out of them, the only place for the brain to go based on the directive that it's been given is to tell you the truth. The only thing that they have to do is access it. That's it. So if a person says, I don't know, if you did know. Now, I ju- what did I do? I just blew up their excuse. They don't know. I don't know is an excuse for most people. That's not true. You do know. You're just not thinking. Now, I'm not going to say that because they would get defensive. But if you didn't know, normally they chuckle. And then within a minute or so, they tell you exactly what it is that they didn't know a minute ago. Last year, when we were doing live events for 20 years, people would come up to the microphone. They would ask me a question. I would ask them a question back. They would say, I don't know. And I'd say, if you did know. And then all of a sudden, boom, they start telling you exactly what they told you they didn't know. It's like, I thought you didn't know. But now they're giving you a detailed description of what it is that you just asked them. You have to understand how the mind works. Because either you're fighting against it because of the way that you've been trained to have conversation, or you understand how it works and you actually lead it. And what we want to do as, as, as amazing salespeople, amazing, effective salespeople, is understand how to lead the mind. It will work with you if you understand how to communicate with it. So when a person is getting to this idea of there's a consequence in their life, that's generally not a place a person wants to go. So you have to be patient with them. You have to be kind. You have to show compassion. But you have to, you have to stick with it. And one of the things is, is that you learn over a period of time how to respond to the different reactions that you get when you're having these conversations. But it requires that you really think about them and that you have a lot of them so that you really see what it's like to be in those, you know, in those conversations with somebody. Okay. What happens if it doesn't change? What happens if it doesn't change? Now, write this down. And then what? And then what? If a person starts to tell you what's going to happen if they don't change, and you can tell basically what they're doing is they're telling you the first thing that'll go wrong, then the second thing that'll go wrong, your response can be, and then what? If they tell you one thing and then stop. Because what you're doing is you're helping them draw out, based on cause and effect, what will actually go wrong. Most people can, with just a little bit of help, can actually play this out in their own mind because most people are relatively intelligent. They understand what cause and effect is, and if they just let it play out in the way that they're thinking, they'll be like, okay, If I don't do this, then I'm not going to have this. And if I don't have that, then I'm not going to have this. Right? So what your job is to take them all the way to the most painful, worst thing they can experience. Based on not making a decision. Based on no decision is a decision. Based on not changing is is, is a cause set in motion that causes an ultimate reaction, an ultimate effect in a person's life and that they're going to experience that. You see, because when you get to the pain point that they don't want to experience in that moment, if you got the first question right and you hit the pain point on the third question, you've created urgency. You've created urgency. And urgency is what you need to move it to a buying conversation. Those two pillar points are designed to create urgency. Now, here's something that's true. If there is no natural urgency in this person's life based on what they want and what their problem would end up being, you don't don't create something out of nothing. If it's not there, it's not there. Some people don't either have a severe consequence that they're going to experience or they don't care or it doesn't make any real effect in their life at all. If that's the case, that's the case. Move on to somebody else. Okay? You don't create something that's not actually true. Let's put it that way. But the urgency is what causes the person to then break through the next layer of the sales process. Because the next layer of the sales process is a decision, right? After I ask this question, what, is, what, do you, um, what do you do? What happens if it doesn't change? And then we get all the way to the pain point. My next question is this. How serious are you about changing this? How serious are you about changing this? Again, you may have to reword that a little bit depending on what you sell or how you how you sell it or deliver it or something so that the language works for, for your industry. How serious are you? What you're doing is you're finding out is the urgency real for them or do they actually care enough about what they're doing to change to buy, to move, to engage, to commit, to pay that's what you're asking If you did those two, if you did those first two questions, or I'm sorry, the first and the third question correctly, where you stayed in that conversation and you dig down to number one, what do they want? Number two, what happens if they don't get it? If that urgency is there, they should be damn serious about what you have to offer and they should communicate that to you. If they're not already communicating it, by the revelation of what happens if they don't change. Very often, that pain point is so strong, a person will be in tears. Because they know it. It's intimate. It's real. You just help them take something that they really didn't want to look at and made it very real to them. That creates urgency. And guess what? they don't don't feel like you did anything to them. These people actually feel like you're helping them. Versus if you're just telling them what you have to offer, they generally don't feel like you're helping them. They feel like you're trying to do something to them. But because you're asking questions and they're volunteering the information, they don't feel like you're doing something to them. So they usually feel some sense of gratitude for what they're experiencing with you. It's, it's absolutely amazing. When I first started doing this, when I first picked up on this, because the way that I did this was I would sit down with a legal pad and I would have these conversations with people and I would recognize where the conversation went bad and I would say, okay, what I need to do is I need them to respond in a way where they're telling me this information. How do I get them to do that? And that's when I recognized, number one, stop telling and start asking. Because the question directs their mind. The telling shuts it off. And I was like, oh, okay. So then it was, okay, what specific questions elicit the answers that we need for them to want to say yes? Not for me to try to get them to say yes. For themselves to want to say yes. Because when I was sitting down with sales. And really trying to figure out how to do that, I was like, what would be the most ultimate thing about sales conversations? That you'd have this conversation with a person that they wanted to say yes to you. Not that you kind of had to trick them into a yes or trick them into a close or trick them into a deposit. You know, playing all this stuff around, it just feels slimy. Like, what would be cool? They want to say yes. What would cause them to want to say yes? That they became aware that there was something so important in their life that they needed to change it, they wanted to change it. And they wanted to change it with you. I was like, okay, so then if that's going to happen, what I have to find out is what those things are. How do I find out what those things are? By asking questions. By asking what questions. And it wasn't obvious at first. And then it was like, let's find out exactly what they want and it's exactly what it's going to cost them if they don't do it. Because isn't that where the urgency for change comes for any person? When a person starts to experience, whether it's real or imagined, when a person starts to experience, whether it's real or imagined, the possibility of consequence in their mind, the door for change begins to open in that person's life. Why? Because awareness starts to come in. They start to understand something that they did not understand before. What's unfortunate for most individuals, with serious things anyway, is that they have to be deep into the experience of the consequence before they really realize it's time to change, and very often it's too late for those people. But every consequence has a price tag to it in a person's life. You can make amazing headway with anybody selling absolute, I don't care if you're selling pencils. You have to find out what is the importance and the value of this in their life. That's where the value is all the time. The value is always in the perceived value of the client. It's not in what you think it is. It's not in what you think. I mean, you can think of whatever the value is based on your understanding of it. But that does not move a person emotionally into a buying decision. They have to perceive the value of it. And they only perceive the value of it when the urgency of what it's going to cost them starts to become apparent. When the urgency of what something's going to cost me becomes apparent, I start paying very close attention to what the value of this thing is. It's either what it's going to cost me or what I'm going to gain. That's going to tell you what the value is in their life. And the, the, the damnedest cool thing about this is that it's real for them. This is not something that's made up or exaggerated or hyperbole. It's real in this person's life. They can see it, smell it, taste it, touch it. They can experience it in their mind. All you're doing is walking with them side by side in this conversation. And they will walk themselves right into the decision. And that's where the decision becomes a yes or a no. If a person says, if you say to them, hey, how serious are you about changing this? And they're like, I'm not serious. I really don't care about the consequence. So it's not something that you want to change then, right? Nope. Okay, great. Thanks for having this conversation with me. There's no no reason to go any further. You know where people go further and really screw things up? When you think they need to change for your reasons. When you think they need to buy for your reasons, I understand you're passionate, you're compassionate, you believe in what you do, but get your reasons the hell out of the way when it comes to them. You can have your reasons for you. I I think that's great. But don't project your reasons onto them. And it's one of the most common mistakes I see salespeople make. They want people to buy for their reasons. It's like, wait a second. Why do you want people to buy for your reasons? Because that's why you bought and that's why you're excited and that's why you're selling what you're selling. I get it. And it's exciting. And it makes you right. Which we go into in Art of Success a little bit. (laughs) You want people to buy for their reasons. You want people to see the value for their own life, for their own business, for their own problem. It's there for everybody. It's there for everybody. What happens, right, when you understand how serious something is in your life? You're waking a person up. They're waking up. They want to do something. Now, here's something else. Talk about customer service, when it, moves, when it moves from this place into the sale, it's, a, it's extraordinary. Because when you do this correctly, you have somebody that buys into the purchase from you at the deepest level of their being. Again, it doesn't matter what it is that they're buying. They're completely in agreement. So unless something changes, like if, you're, if your customer service is bad or your delivery is bad, that, that could be a problem. But if you have all of that part of your business down, this will limit refunds. This will limit lawsuits. This will limit unhappy people talking about your product or service on the internet. I mean, it, 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 it just removes all that stuff. People usually bitch, moan, complain, say bad stuff about you, want refunds and all that stuff when they're pissed off about something, when they feel like they were taken advantage of, when they don't feel like you put their best interest at heart, when you don't respond or take responsibility for a problem or a mistake. When you do this correctly, it covers all of those bases. And if you do make a mistake, they have a lot more leeway with you, because they are hundred percent bought into why they bought something to begin with. So there's a little bit more room in their toleration for an error on the part of a salesperson or a company. You know It's, it's interesting because when you see people complaining, Right? And not much has really happened. You have to ask yourself, were they all that much bought into this to begin with? Probably not. So what's changed? Well, nothing changed. What what actually happened was that they weren't, they said yes for the wrong reasons or they felt pressured. Remember what I said earlier, one of the hardest things for a person to do is to say no. Given that that's true, that's how a person gets pressured into buying something that they don't want because they don't know how to say no. And out of not wanting to look bad or not wanting to hurt somebody's feelings or not wanting to be wrong, they end up giving somebody their credit card for something that they really don't want to do. They just don't know how to back out of it. That's how a person can be pressured into it. So understand that, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about how do we overcome the objections that then take place after you get to this this part. Understand that part. I wanted to, wanted to remind you of that. One of the most difficult things for a person to tell another person is no. If you understand that, it makes a big difference in your mind as to how you handle it, and the way that I'm going to explain it will be a little bit easier to understand. Hey, ABT again. Thanks for listening to this episode in David's Inner Game of Sales series. Let's keep the conversation going in our Transformation Facebook group. Tell us what's working, what you're struggling with, maybe how your sales have improved by using the simple techniques David is providing. You can find the link to the Transformation Facebook group in the show notes below. And until next week, go make some sales.